Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome, friends and fiends of the pod, to a brand new episode of Cult and Classic Films Podcast. I'm your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff, and today we are erupting onto the holiday scene with our yearly December Christmas movie roundup. Uh, I'm very, I'm always excited, but I'm I'm pretty stoked to talk Christmas films, holiday, horror, weird, cult, any sort of holiday-themed movie that's off the beaten path is always a favorite for me, uh, and I'm, I'm, last year we... The last two years, really, we've had some fantastic stuff with the um, uh, Norwegian Rare Exports. Um, we had some real questionable questionable stuff with uh, Anthony and Mark Polonia's Hell on the, Sh- Hell on the Shelf. Uh, and there's just a deadly game style clo- dial code Santa Claus uh, was pretty great as well, the French film. So we've had lots of fun, and I think we're going to keep it going this year. To join the panel, I have Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm great. I'm feeling festive. Festive. Got the mistletoe, huh? I saw someone uh, hang mistletoe, and and when you looked close, it was it was a meme online. When you looked close, it was a green like stegosaurus with a red missile taped to his back. Uh, that was I fun. love it. We also have Jeff Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? Uh doing good. Uh, looks like you found the record button, so we're off to a good start here. I I did. Yeah, it's. it's you know what? It's been a time. It's been a time, <laughs> listeners, um, as, where the holiday season is as it is. If, you, if I sound a little different or a little subdued compared to my normal insanity, uh, it's I am struggling with week two of a cold. But, you know, tis the season. So this pairing, we're going to talk about part one of two today, is uh, be, what, what did I call it? Uh, behold, demons of the holidays. Uh, something like that. Let's just call it Demons of the Holidays. We'll make it easier. It's my show. I can do what I want. It's Demons of the Holidays. And we are starting with a, this pair is the most famous holiday demon uh, in the Western world, at least, which is Krampus. Krampus is, of course, the uh, Austrian and German uh, creature that is sort of the uh, antithesis of our, our more familiar Santa Claus or Saint Nick. Uh, instead of bringing presents uh, to good kids, he actually punishes bad kids. I think in most of the original things, he throws the bad children in a 
sack and beats them with sticks i think is his his main thing so he was kind of that the uh, accurate yes yeah he was the muscle behind the behind the jolly fat man here so uh but we're, we're gonna start with krampus from 2015 we're actually doing the 20 was it 2020 or 2019 naughty cut uh which was released which is rated r versus the original theatrical release pg-13 we'll talk about the very slight differences uh, and then we're going to pair it next week with part two with Sister Krampus, which is 2021's uh, one of 2021's holiday entries from famed shot on video auteur Mark Polonia and Anthony Polonia. Uh, we mentioned uh, one of their films earlier, mere seconds ago, which was Hell on the Shelf, which while I'm a Polonia fan, I adore the old Polonia films, especially Feeders and Feeders 2. I did not enjoy hell on the shelf so i'm really looking forward to sister krampus to see if that can uh return the joy of of low budget regional cinema to the polonia name so we'll talk about that next week but this week we've got the u.s uh major theatrical release from 2015 that had an updated version krampus starring adam scott from uh i think most people know him from parks and rec or you know what hot tub time machine 2 was that another one of his i can't remember anyway to the point Krampus is uh, a little different in this movie, uh, but he is, he doesn't throw children in sacks, but he's sort of like a, he's like the anti-Santa that, that uses his twisted helpers that are sort of like, uh, if you, if you took like real life renditions of Nightmare Before Christmas toys and elves and creatures and threw them in like, um, uh sort of some folk horror backwoods costuming blender and they're all sticks and masks and sigils and spooky demon glows uh you threw all that in there and then you said and now it's a christmas movie with a, a family christmas movie and it really is kind of like that uh i'm just gonna get this out of the way anyone who has seen the theatrical cut and and they saw that the naughty cut came out the naughty cut was really sort of promoted as being the hardcore version is the original version that um, director Michael Doherty wanted you to see. It, it's a PG-13 movie, it, which is totally fine. That's how it was designed. Um, the only thing that gave it an R is a couple of language drops. So, you know, the F-bomb here, there, whatever. That's that's it. Um, it really had zero... Uh, th there's no additional gore. There's no gore, really, in this movie at all. Very little. There's like one tiny scene of blood, I think. Uh, so this, if you've seen the theatrical cut, you're fine. This one I can say from experience does have a little bit better flow with the tiny dialogue snippets that they put in. Um, uh, and it has a couple of little Easter eggs to, uh, Michael Doherty's first, uh, big horror film trick or treat, which recently had its first and only theatrical run, but it came out years ago with Anna Paquin. Uh, so it's it's fun and it's worth it. If you haven't watched it yet, watch the naughty cut. It's not one of those director's cuts that actually botches what made the film great. I'm looking at uh, uh, at, at you, Donnie Darko, director's cut. So <clears throat> let's get in here. Uh, the story is about this family and uh, their sort of counterpart, uh, poorer side of the family. Um, they're connected by two sisters. Uh, Tony Collette plays the mom, uh, who is sort of well off and likes to make everything look great. Allison Tolman uh, plays the sister Linda, who uh, is the family of sort of the country bumpkin poor ones. Adam Scott is the the wealthier husband. David Kochner, uh, David Kochner, who is a delight and a comedic genius in his own right. Uh, if you don't believe me, just watch. Uh, or the T-Bone, watch Anchorman, all those things. Uh, he plays the sort of MAGA, MAGA, MAGA style um, 
country bumpkin husband. And then they have a bunch of kids. Uh, Max is played by MJ Anthony. His sister, uh, Beth, is played by Stephanie Levy-Owen. Uh, and then there's uh, uh, there's there's their sort of country alternatives. I'm not going to list everyone. Uh, I think the cast is pretty solidly. We'll talk about it. Um, there's also Krista Stadler, who plays Omi, who is uh, Adam Scott's father's character's mother. And she is from, uh, we I can presume, Austria. I don't I don't know German. Uh, I don't really know uh, where exactly she's supposed to be from, but uh, we learn that her entire village was uh, taken, presumably killed by Krampus, and she was left as a as a as a reminder about Krampus and given this little Krampus bell, and uh, the same thing begins to happen when uh, everyone sort of putting down Santa Claus, at least his age appropriate relatives, um, start dissing young Max's belief in Santa Claus. And he gets so upset that he tears up his letter to Santa Claus and he throws it out the window on the night uh, before Christmas Eve, the 22nd, when all the families have gathered together and it's not going well. Nobody's really happy or getting along. Uh, and this torn up letter spirals into the sky and the next day there's a huge blizzard that blocks out the central part of Ohio and everyone is caught in it, but we only care about these families uh, who are stuck in the house and trying to fend off Krampus and his beastly otherworldly uh, Christmas demons. It's It's got comedy elements. It's definitely not a straight horror film, uh, but it does play as a horror film. Uh, it also plays as a Christmas film. Like, it's not one of those Christmas films that's a horror movie where you're like, oh, like we talked about uh, Anne and the Apocalypse, the Christmas musical from the UK uh, last year. And uh, I think Jeff was particularly like that one. And I liked it too. Uh, I've seen it several times. But in, in that case, and maybe because it's English and and they their celebration differs a little bit from from ours over here in the States, I'm not sure. It it just didn't feel much like a Christmas movie. It just felt like a movie that took place in the winter time, uh, when Christmas tends to happen for us. Um, whereas this this is a Christmas movie to me. It starts off with all the Christmas things: cookies, uh, Christmas presents, Christmas trees, Christmas lights. Um, it actually starts with like essentially a Black Friday scene uh, with with people just trampling over each other in a mall as the doors open and uh, people being. Uh, tased by security staff a pretty wild scene and that's where the credits play so it really gets us in the holiday mood at least the united states holiday mood i don't exactly know how it is elsewhere in the world but if you do write in info at coltonclassicfilms.com so this is the plot uh and as it turns out this is a spoiler podcast because we talk about the, the film in its entirety uh <clears throat> so if, if you want to watch this and you haven't watched it there's no big twist i don't think anyone didn't really see something coming probably uh, at least part way into the movie so it's not going to ruin it for you but you can pause this go watch the movie come back uh, it's an hour and 41 42 minutes now the end of the movie is that sacrifice is sort of the theme of krampus's goal right like christmas is about giving which is actually sacrifice you're giving something that you have to someone so someone else can have it and uh little max offers himself to bring his family back and krampus seems to take uh take take that uh offer up and they uh then all of a sudden awake and all of them are in the christmas that he remembered the happy christmas they're all happy together but there's an ominous note because they all remember uh or have some sort of memory uh, as he opens a present and finds a krampus bell uh, then we get this ending scene where it pans out and the family is in a snow globe 
the house and everything is snow globe. And there's all these other snow globes. There's a bunch of Easter eggs in there for those who want to hunt for it. One of them is the psycho house uh, from the Hitchcock thing. One of them is actual director Michael Doherty's house. Uh, lots of fun stuff in there. <clears throat> but we'll talk about that ending a little more in a bit because there's lots of fan theories and uh, Michael Doherty is not, um, will not confirm any of them, but I have my own thoughts. Okay, so first off, I'm going to ask you guys what you thought. Uh, Mandy, had you seen Krampus before? And what did you, whether or not you had, how you feel watching it this time? Exactly with this cast, like I had not seen this before. And I don't, I'm not sure if I'd even heard of it. I mean, it seemed familiar, but there's a lot of Krampus movies, right? So yeah, starting you know, in 2013, there was a huge yeah. like explosion of Krampus films. There are so many, and most of them have tried to make people think that it's this Krampus movie. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah, so I had not seen it. Um, I, other than this podcast, generally steer away from horror films, but I totally agree with you. It is definitely like a holiday film and does check a lot of those boxes of like, they're they are getting ready for an American Christmas. Uh, the opening credits made me laugh with all of the black friday shopping i assume that's what that was the <laughs> trampling crowds and then um the brawling at the nativity scene or the uh christmas pageant that was going on i think also at the mall maybe i'm not sure if that was somewhere else but that was weird um not something that's ever been part of one of my christmases but maybe it's like a midwestern thing uh so yeah they enjoyed it uh <laughs> I texted you guys to tell you, I, I definitely looked up the cliff notes of the plot because uh, I just had to know what was going to happen at the end. I was getting <laughs> either too invested or too nervous on a very windy, uh, stormy night while I was watching it and just had to know what was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, ah, like I said, there's no spoilers. You really know where it's going, but I just wanted to know if it had a happy ending. And I did like how it ended uh, with all the snow globes um and the ominous sort of overtone to it and i wondered if he was just watching them or if they were kind of stuck in this forever hell of a perfect christmas together yeah that's kind of right? the implication is one of those two and those are the two fan theories i tend to think that it's probably he's just watching them right mm. they're portals because that would make sense because essentially yes. like the whole point is if you don't have the Christmas spirit, you, the, if you don't truly believe it, then this will happen to you. Once everybody mm -hmm. is devoid of the spirit, then this occurs to show you the 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 necessity for sacrifice, which I really like that sort of mm -hmm. cold European, uh, like brutal, natural winter element of this of the story. Mm -hmm. um, but there are people who say, no, everyone's trapped, uh, which, you know. Okay, if you want that. I mean, you do know it's Krampus's like workshop or his home because you see his big clawed hand retract from yeah. one of the globes as a credits mm -hmm. roll. I don't know. I thought uh, it was almost certainly that they were trapped. The the way they did the filming, they used like the kind of like dream glow. Uh they were clearly trying to basically make this uh not the same, like the way that they were filming it, to like appear mm -hmm. like um uh, like a like a different world, otherworldly, yeah, some, something different. World, like yeah. it's got not that cheese the same world that glow we, over everything. We, yeah. yeah, yeah, where we started. So, I, I mean, I'm I guess on the side that they're definitely trapped in this thing, and they're waking up every day in this. That's kind of what my Christmas. wife thought too, and I I yeah. think you I think you're right. I think there's points on both sides because the other point is if they're trapped, why are they pretending to be happy? Because they clearly. Well, I think they probably cause... like forgot. Like they they don't remember like the the night before so they wake up every day like it's christmas you know 
Yeah, like well, I, I wonder if think... it was like a Groundhog's Day type of. And yeah. then, like once they saw the bell, like they, you could see like them all like kind of remembering. Yeah, they well, all cause, they cause... all got very introspective and stoic, and unhappy. Like the you know and, ramp, and unhappy. Uh, ants, ants push, yeah, push I guess snow. that was the point, right? They, if you're introspective about like your state of being in a snow globe, you're you're probably pretty unhappy about it. Yeah, I still. Yeah. I mean, I, again, you can make an argument. I probably yeah. go with the happy ending simply because they seem like they're being watched to me. Like I didn't think mm-hmm. that they sort of. It was sort of yeah. the, the the seeing of the bell was the idea, oh, it was real. And now mm-hmm. everything is tempered and they're all like, um, as I also to wondered it- if that same thing happened to his Omi, like his grandma, mm-hmm. like, or if she just let everyone die. Like she yeah, was that like, was sort of nah, the, that was, like, I don't, that was... I don't feel bad about my wish. Like, I, you know, this is actually yeah. absolutely horrifying, but I don't take it back. And she has the bell and like, you know, continued on in her uh stoic dark my, dark way or if if she was also being observed like you know in keeping the christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. yeah michael doherty actually did say that he thought that reading the reading where uh everyone died essentially because of of omi's wish uh mm-hmm. and she didn't save everyone by re- by repenting that that was sort of a a, a pretty pretty abysmal uh thought uh i i do think but i mean you know it does seem to be that's because it's sort of like you can't really like max is like it's my fault it's not really his fault right everyone around him lost the christmas spirit he was the only holdout right he's the only Mm -hmm. one it was everybody else's fault which then would sort of be omi's fault right she did the same thing she tried to save it but eventually gave up hope and i Mm -hmm. like that 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 wording was used several times was um uh, he Krampus wants to show you how bad it is when you lose hope, and it's sort of like this um this threat system to give you know hey guess what we're gonna uh I'm gonna show you how important it is to hope for better uh by showing you absolute hell and terrifying you and I I thought that was fun. Um, Jeff has stepped out. He's cooking chicken because he's a multitasker. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna move on. So Krampus, um, one thing I want to say about this movie is that it is super uh, there are some 3d effects snow and things but um and and there are little demon creatures all around like um uh the demon gingerbread creatures that yeah. are sort of a throwback to army of darkness with all the little uh bruce campbells jumping around you know tormenting him yeah there's some 3d but there is a lot of practical effects in this movie mm-hmm. and they are great the creatures there's a uh, my favorite creature would probably be the giant Jack like the boa box. snake, Jack in the Box. Yeah. yeah, its mouth opens into like this spooky like Blade Two Reaper vampire mouth and swallows people whole. And they're they're clearly animatronic or puppets, um, because it has mm-hmm. eye blinks movements. Um, something else I thought was really special is the interaction that you get between the different sort of Krampus entities um the the elves at one point come in and they all you never see their faces you actually never see any true face all of the creatures have a mask of some sort either it's a doll mask um Krampus has what looks like a a flayed Santa Claus mask or Saint Nicholas mask um mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like flesh and you only see little bits of his mouth or his tongue or his goat eyes behind the mm-hmm. mask um and all the elves wear different masks sort of a a folk horror version of the strangers as they pour into the house 
and I loved the interactions between them. Like when the elves show up and and the demons have been having a tough time or his helpers have been having a tough time fighting the family. The Jack in the Box hugs one of the elves and holds on to him <laughs> as the animal like hugs him, like so grateful. Um, I really liked that was just such a great touch and the, the design of the faces were so brilliant. Jeff, I know you hadn't seen Krampus before. What were your thoughts watching it this time, this holiday season? Well, you know, I would literally never watch a horror film unless you made me like zero <laughs> chance. Which is why um, we're friends because I make you do things. Yeah. I mean, I still don't like horror films and I still didn't like this film. Um, but uh, there were some like good parts to it like um that that actually made it watchable um like the acting was pretty good um the set design was great uh set in like props and um like the design of the monsters um was uh really good um i thought the krampus looked awesome um mm -hmm. uh he was particularly interesting and scary um but uh yeah i mean i just you know it's just not my genre i don't like I don't really go in in for these things thing that gets people excited that i just don't it doesn't doesn't excite me at all um so you did like deadly about, games you did like deadly games dial clothes santa claus yeah but that was like that's like home alone that was like <laughs> not really a horror film i uh, i think it's pretty terrifying but we'll continue yeah yeah kind of um so like you know the 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 elements of this that were like kind of like the christmas bits so um you know i'm i'm kind of a a, a bit of a grinch in that like i don't like you know american christmas Joy. very much yes uh well I'm, I'm more in like the like literally the story the grinch uh the uh kind of the anti-consumerism element of it where you know uh, you take away all the the stuff um, and what's left is maybe more valuable than all of the stuff that was there to begin with. Um, terrible. And so, Awful. Yeah, anyway, terrible. Continue. I'm a monster. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, our economy is based on it. So, you know, if, if I get my way, uh, lots of people might starve. But um, it's, uh, yeah, in, in this movie, you, you, you take like a, a kind of like a, a different approach right instead of being the uh uh if you're good you get presents uh in this one it's it's weird because it's not if you're bad it's if you don't believe in the spirit of christmas which is like uh like an actually like a different thing it's not like right. punishing the naughty it's punishing the people who like aren't game for a party um almost like well, i mean they sort of harp on the fact that like christmas is sacrifice right like grammy like omi the grandma is really like you know well it, it it's all he he's he reminds you to get that it's about the giving it's about the sacrifice and then he sacrificed himself at the end so it is pretty open but they like i mean they, but it's they, like the the premise though like krampus doesn't show up to the house of the family where the the kids are you know uh, bullying every person that they come across and you know very mm. violent and you know what i mean they they came to the the house of you know the the uh the children that are kind of like coming to their own and like you know confused about the world and they see santa as silly and the kid that still believes and sees the magic in it and 
so it's 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 not they don't they're not going to the um um to to the to you know the monster's house here it's it's just a a, a family that's struggling in kind of normal well, they, ways they went to like uh an entire like several counties that were sure shut down and yeah empty. i mean that's also like I mean, you know I, there's a think, there's an element uh, of mysticism there too is like were were they already teleported like uh right off like into krampus's evil realm or something or did it actually happen in ohio well so my take on that was is is a little more i guess prosaic because the way they frame it is that it's not because with omi's story it's not that her family is being punished is that this is such a all these this huge group this whole village mm. no longer believed in the idea of sacrifice there's she a was black the last spot. one she yeah. was the last one so her hope was the only thing holding off this like krampus message and yeah. when she lost it which then makes sense then right because then max's is the same he shreds his letter and throws it out the window um, and it's so like this is an entire chunk where no one believes in the idea of of uh, yeah. I mean, know, but we like we giving. only saw like I mean I guess we saw like the event in the mall, but like we only really saw their family's kind sure. of um, interaction with Chris Christmas. Did um, you get like a a little hint at their daughter's boyfriend's household yeah, though? Because there's like that's that's the same way. there's a gingerbread yeah. there's a gingerbread man there like with a knife into the fridge the the uh, um the fireplace is exploded open mm -hmm. as yep. happens yeah. when krampus yeah. comes all right through. that's fair that's fair maybe yeah. i wasn't paying close enough attention um but yeah i mean it's still like it still felt like to me like it was it was already on like otherworldly um like as as soon as kind of the the snowstorm it's si very silent hill you know like the the mist obscures everything and all the and there's strange things in the mist i thought it was interesting we never actually see what's under the snow there's like a sandworm kind of creature that grabs and drags people below and, and drags them to krampus and we never actually see what they are yeah i, um, I like that though i i think I that's that's like a good like you don't need to like well, and there's already so many interesting things. Yeah. There's like, and, and there's a lot of them. If you watch the credits, they're actually billed as the, the uh, Austrian or German names of these things. They're, they're, uh, most of them are based directly off of actual uh, folklore creatures. Um, and they're terrifying. The owl creature, the striga or whatever it is, um, that, that descends on them several times, like as, as, as we mentioned every every creature is wearing a mask you don't see the true faces of anything um but it's it was spooky spooky loved it um yeah i think it is it's it's quite a quite a specific quite a specific kind of story in that the way it ends it's not completely happy but it's not sad it's this you know dun 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 ending like it's there's no immediate threat to the people that we've gotten to know at the end but there is an ominous that's the right word for it jeff the an ominous sense about it uh there there wasn't a companion comic book that was published later that uh indicated that they lived their life normally so it probably was a portal but again is that canon is it not canon does it matter michael doherty director and writer of it uh, doesn't seem to think it matters one way or the other um, I, I want to give a little shout out. So Michael Doherty, as I said, did Trick or Treat, which was well loved by um, horror hounds, uh, but also uh, quite an accomplished writer, wrote, wrote X2, the second X-Men film, and uh, wrote Superman Returns, lots of other movies. Uh, and it's the script was co-written also by uh, Todd Casey, who's written 
lots of mostly kid shows, everything from the 2014 animated um, Ninja Turtles show, which I loved for Nickelodeon to Star versus the Forces of Evil uh, was a staff writer on the whole run, I believe. And then Zach Shields uh, was another co-writer who who has worked extensively on um, the second and then the verse King Kong uh, Godzilla movies, the recent American iterations. Uh, so pretty good pedigree here for sort of this one-off film. Now, a bit about, uh, it's interesting because as we watch and as we talk about it, um, and Jeff, you brought up some of these points that just knowing some of the production history of this movie. So even though there's sort of a cult staple, getting a, a wide release for a horror Christmas movie or horror holiday movie is actually quite difficult uh, because it is a very niche market. We get tons of them flooding the cult market every year uh, because they're it's a big niche market, but it's not necessarily a big or they don't think it's a big uh, wide national market. I disagree. I actually think I mean, Krampus did pretty well. I think that that that's that's kind of a misnomer, but Universal uh, distributed this. And the only way that they could get them to green light it was to agree to a PG-13. Uh, as we said, I think it's ridiculous because this, to me, is a PG-13 movie. It's kind of the perfect example of a PG-13 movie. It's scary, but without having the gore and things. Um, the fact that there's a couple, I guess there's a couple of curse words. I don't actually even remember them. Uh, like, that's how natural and inconsequential they felt um, is, is sort of silly to me. But, you know, the ratings board is sometimes silly. So anyway, but that's how Universal greenlit this. Um, they... Went through many drafts, iterations, outlines, and drafts, and it, it kept coming up to horror for them. Um, and Jeff, one of the things you mentioned is that there was a lot of Krampus sort of um, picking off other people in town, uh, and and that's indicate and that makes sense, right? Because we kind of assume that's happening, but I liked that it ended up being more refocused on this family because it does give us. It does change the focus from there's a monster out there to this family is, you know, like a, like Jeff, you kind of said this too, a normal family. Like this is pretty, lots of it rang true, right? Um, as Adam Scott's character said, well, that's what family is, trying to be friends with people that you wouldn't normally maybe be friends with unless you were like genetically related. Uh, and and I, I feel that uh, for a lot of cases. They also, they, they did a lot of, I already said there's Easter eggs all throughout this movie, way more than I ever knew. And I've seen it several times at this point. Um, I mentioned the snow globe houses at the end. Also, uh, I always noticed that in Max's room, there's some fun posters There's a trick or treat movie poster. There's also um, robot chicken and there is a, a Rick and Morty poster and and it was fun to find out then that the two of the voices who did the evil gingerbread men or people were um, Seth Green, obviously creator showrunner of Robot Chicken and Justin Rowland, co-creator of uh, Rick and Morty and also Solar Opposites on Hulu and several other shows. So that was fun to see that in there. Uh, Michael Doherty also, as he often does, brought back people from Trick or Treat and his other projects to work on this one, which is fun. I... I also really appreciate that this is a new intellectual property. Like it has, it has no consequential ties to anything else. I've mentioned Easter eggs, but it's just nice sometimes to not get a sequel. That said, you could easily do a sequel to this movie. 
right? Because it's Krampus. You've created the mythos and any family you could go to could could do this. So I think it would be interesting to see if that ever happens. Um, I do know Michael Doherty has said many times that he wants to and is working on Trick or Treat 2, which is such a cult hit. I'm sure we'll talk about it someday here on the podcast. Um, but it would be fun then to see him return to this and not necessarily have any of the characters, right? Like it, you don't need that. You can have an entirely different family dynamic um, yet still bring in Krampus. And that's kind of cool. Uh, also, I think it's something that an enterprising streaming service, because it's not because it's a pretty open system could actually do quite an interesting series or mini series of Krampus. You know, I, I think of, um, uh, of the fantastic Chucky series right now that that's fun, funny, but also, you know, spooky and thrilling, uh, on, on sci-fi channel. Uh, and of course we love child's play here. So there's lots of cool stuff about this movie. Um, I waited, a, I didn't see it in theaters. I waited a long time to see it. Um, and I always wanted to, but just never, I guess because it's not because it's self-contained um, it's sort of not talked about. It's not unknown by any stretch, but it's just not talked about among cult circles as much. I feel maybe because it was released nationwide, people feel it's a little too mainstream. I think it's pretty fantastic personally. Uh, if you're looking for a fun holiday horror film that really your, your kids who aren't too young, you know, I would say like, 12 or 12 will find it spooky, um, but they might still enjoy it. You know, it might be a little nightmare, but sometimes we like that. Um, but teens and up, certainly this is a fun movie. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Um, it's also directed very well. Michael Doherty, this is one of his, he did has directed before, but this was probably his biggest budget directing feature at this time. And I think he handles it well. Lots of cool shots. Um, as Jeff said, great set design, great creature design. I just... I think we could probably move to recommendations shortly, but I do want to read, this is not a joke, right? Krampus has had like this resurgence and I am surprised that we didn't get Krampus in the eighties because I feel like if there was some enterprising filmmaker who really was aware of the uh, folklore history, we would have seen a bunch of uh, Krampus slasher flicks. You know, we have plenty of Christmas slasher flicks, but no Krampus to my knowledge. But when Krampus was announced and and people knew it was coming out, uh, that's when the deluge of no budget backyard um, and 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 <laughs> shovelware distributors as well. I'm sure there's some good ones in there, but started doing Krampus movies like before this one even actually came out. So this came out in 2015, but as early as 2013, there was Krampus the Christmas Devil. Uh, there was Return of Krampus just this year, Krampus Origins in 2018, Krampus Unleashed in 2016, Krampus the Reckoning in 2015, Krampus the Devil Returns in 2016, Mother Krampus in 2017, Bigfoot vs. Krampus last year in 2021, Sister Krampus, which we'll talk about, which was from last year also, Mother Krampus 2 Sleigh Ride from 2018, Krampus 3 Hell Awakens, uh, another Krampus just titled Krampus from 2017, uh, and then Krampus 4, The Origin Story from 2020, Krampus 2, Toys of Evil from 2019, uh, a documentary called Greetings from Krampus from 2018. And then, I mean, the Krampus Carol, there's so many, uh, including and just a just a pouring of shorts and other things like that. And and music, musicals, literally Krampus just like erupted within a, a, a really a, a five seven five to seven year period just exploded to be saturated um pretty wild 
lots of sort of the Walmart bargain bid DVDs with people picking it up thinking that it was Krampus, this movie, uh, or a sequel to this movie, which certainly was the marketing intent. Um, so, you know, that, that happens. But let's move on to recommendations. Um, we'll go with Jeff first, because I know he's not a fan of horror in general. Um, Jeff, would you recommend Krampus uh, from 2015 with Adam Scott and T Tony Collette? Why or why not? Uh, if horror is your thing, I I think probably I think this would be a good uh, a good watch. Um, I don't think it's gonna like really scare you. Well, I guess my sister had trouble with it, but I, I didn't think it was particularly like horror or scary. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I mean, my house creaks a little bit, but probably nothing compared to uh, the. I mean, it was uh, bad enough that my son was noting it at bedtime. Like, what is somebody here? Like, what's that noise? You know, and then I went and watched a horror movie. Mm, yeah. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So okay. maybe so if you're, if you're in not a, a horror house, fan, not going to work. But if you're not interested work. in horror movies, it's fun. I also, I, I like I like what you said there. It's it is. I think it's a fun horror movie. Like I didn't really feel like, especially since the end, even though it's ominous, is essentially a reset. Um, there's sort of low stakes here. Like you never see anybody actually killed. You see like one uh, delivery driver frozen. And so you, you think he's dead, but then you don't really know. Um, and so there's, there's, it's a low stakes movie where I think that if, if I know why universal wanted PG 13, because this is where groups of kids from high school could still go and get a solid movie. That was a horror movie, but that, um, you know, they weren't going to be like asked to not, to leave or whatever because they were underage although that that doesn't happen that much these days uh but anyway I, I agree with that i i agree with you too jeff that it's also not extremely new either way um it's it's well done it's not groundbreaking um and i think that they probably that's probably what they were aiming for i don't think they were really aiming to explode anyone's brain with this um but it was nice to see a real krampus movie with budget and as you said the actual design for krampus brilliant uh, i think this would be a fantastic pairing with 2010's uh scandinavian movie rare export uh if you guys remember that uh it is you know where, where there's a giant horn santa claus um it's that was one of my favorites it's great it's a great movie and they time. both have that you know they both have the kid element where the kids kind of trying to figure it out they have the the action element they have the humor element um rare exports is i would say actually more terrifying there's a little bit more gore but mostly it's just freaky i mean the elves in that are if you thought the elves in krampus were freaky the elves in uh rare export i think are a whole nother story because they're they're otherworldly and they're very not westernized like they're not over designed it's just spooky but i would recommend this to uh, all the same reasons jeff said uh i think probably a family might actually enjoy this movie when i think about some some off the wall holiday movies or horror movies i don't think gremlins you know joe dante's gremlins um, people love that movie yet it's still it's still a horror movie. <laughs> you watch it and it's it's horror. I mean, the, the gremlins wreak havoc and stuff, but it's also not scary, as Jeff said. It's, it's not like there are elements that could be frightening, especially at certain times. This one aims a little bit more towards the frightening because of how like there's jumps and things like that. And uh, but I think they both are in the same realm. So if you like gremlins, you might like Krampus. Um, it's a little different, but it's also probably the same level of uh, what do they call it? Comic mischief. Uh, as the rating boards would say. 
Uh, so I recommend it. I really enjoyed it. I, I wish that I hadn't waited so long to see it. I kind of wish I'd seen it in theaters. Um, but uh, watch the new 4K cut of the, the Naughty Cut. And it, it is the definitive way to watch the movie. It doesn't change anything heavily. It doesn't retcon it. But it also looks beautiful. And because there are so many practical effects with the creatures in this movie, um, watching it now in 4K is a joy as opposed to a... Eh, uh, yep. So, Mandy, would you recommend Krampus from 2015? If so, why and who? Absolutely, I would recommend this. Uh, if you're a fan of anyone in the cast, yes. If, Great cast. You know, if you kind of like Christmas movies, but you really wish there were more that were like all the Halloween movies that we get a few months earlier in the year, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, if you are a millennial parent who enjoyed movies like, um, I don't know, like Sandman or like other kind of like PG 13 ish horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know why I said Sandman. I'm thinking of something different and it's not coming to mind. But if you like <laughs> that, like style of like PG 13, like horror films, like you were a kid, mm-hmm. watch this with your own kid who might be into it. Like, Especially PG 13 lot... creature features. We don't really get yeah. those so much anymore. We maybe get a lot of like screamish kind of vibe, but we don't get a lot of mm-hmm. actual monster movies that are PG 13. Right. So yeah, I would say that's great. I have like I have some friends that have kids that are getting into that age group and like, this would be a great one for them to watch together um as a family. So yeah, I don't know, I think yes. Um enthusiastic enthusiastic guest for me, even though I am a wuss and um get scared watching horror films by myself. Totally, totally understandable. Hey, it's kind of what they're for in many cases. And yes, we already mentioned yeah. a lot of the cast. Adam Scott, David Kochner, Allison Tolman, who played the sister, who is great. Um, she actually started, I believe, as a voice actress. Uh, so you might recognize from that. Tony Collette, who is uh, a delight. And um, I, I, She's sad amazing. we don't see her as often anymore as we used to. Krista Stadler, who I guess was not the first, second, or even third choice for Grandma Omi. She did a great job. Um, anybody who's sort of has or or has met relatives from the old country, so to speak. I thought that she was pretty spot on. Uh, and we didn't even mention Aunt Dorothy, played by Conchata Farrell, who she is the delightful Kathy Bates-esque, um, like drinking, you know, uh, casually racist um, aunt who no one really wants there, but ends up being kind of a lot of fun. Uh, she, she's been in, I mean, she's been in everything. I think she started on a, a bit spot in Maud. Uh, with B. Arthur, and she's been working ever since. Um, she's just, she's one of the best character actors that you could find. So really great cast. And I thought the dialogue was pretty solid. I really also, before we sign off, I liked the dynamics between Max's parents, Adam Scott and Tony Collette. They, there's distance, but they're good parents. Like, even if they look at it and like, oh, even if their marriage fell apart, like they both care about their kids and they really are trying to do everything they can for them. Like uh, Adam Scott's character has some really great conversations with Max. I feel like um, that aren't overwrought, but also it's clear he's loved, you know? So that's, that's always nice to see because parents being stupid about their kids is always so tiring in these movies. I mean, not that it doesn't happen in real life, but it gets tired. Uh, Especially the whole, like, you're making that up. Your imagination is running away. None of that crap is in this movie. Uh, So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Colton Classic Podcast. Um, I've already forgotten what we called this. Um, Demonic, was it? uh, Demon Holidays Ahoy? 
sure. Uh, I'm going to change it every time just, just for you guys. But this is part one. Thank you guys so much. Join us next week for part two of our Krampus film special this year with Sister Krampus from 2021 by uh, <laughs> Anthony Polonia and Mark Polonia. And I'm going to uh, make sure to strap Jeff to a chair so he watches it so he can tell us what he thinks because I know he loved Hell on the Shelf and I wanted to bring him more, more Polonia joy. Thank you guys so much. Please write all the reviews, give us all the stars, share us with your friends. Uh, word of mouth is actually the, the biggest driver of our listenership, and I absolutely love it, and I love that you guys listen. Please keep an eye out on all our social media, um, at Colton Classic Podcast on Instagram, uh, facebook.com slash Colton Classic, youtube.com, Colton Classic Podcast, all those things, because we've got huge news coming out soon, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Uh, because it's it's going to be a wild ride. So thank you guys so much. Please listen next week. And to play us out, as always, is The Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.